This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From former A's outfielder. Here comes Katze. Here comes the relay. The slide. He's in there. Inside the park. Home run. To A's manager, it's time for the manager show with Mark Kotze, presented by Nest Betting. The A's skipper sits down with Chris Townsend exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here's Chris Townsend. It's been a while. We've missed him. How are you? Happy birthday, by the way. I am fantastic, and thank you. Thanks for letting everybody know I'm older. You're older. We're all getting older, aren't we? We are, buddy. Unfortunately, um, for you, this is a home game. Down the street, I ate Nest Betting. I was in my own bed last night. You were in night, your right? bed Look last night. <laughs> huh? let's, let's give a shout out to Nest Betting. How is the Nest Betting going at USC? Fabulous. She's she's uh, finishing up her first semester there, and uh, she's living her best life. Let's just say that. Oh, can you imagine? I, I mean, think back, going to college, getting out of your parents' house. How, how, how's your wife doing with it? She's doing all right. We still have two in the nest, so I think the you know the other daughter looking at Santa Clara, a few other colleges to go to. She'll leave next year, and then it'll just be Trey and Trey and Jay. So that's unbelievable. Uh, winter meetings always interesting. What is it like for you coming in now, a manager? Because we really didn't have anything last year. Now this is the full official. You're walking around. Manager of the Oakland A's, what's that been like? Um, you know, I, honestly, it, it's very humbling, for one. Um, it's taken a long time to to get to this position. Uh, last winter meetings I was at, I was quality control coach. So that was actually the last winter meetings were here 2019. in 2019. We were right here. Right here in December, same, same place. Um, vividly remember Billy Bean sitting in the suite telling me he's not shaking hands anymore. And then COVID hits in March, and nobody wants to shake hands. So he was way ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking, what the hell is he talking about? And he was right. You know, when you've had probably some time to sit and reflect on the first year, anything that you could share with us that you think about in, that, in this first season of, of being the manager, something that you've wanted to do now for a long time? Yeah, you know, I think – the magnitude of the position um, still kind of sits with me in terms of just the the amount of work, but yet the amount of emotion that you feel uh, in, as the as the manager, as opposed to even the third base coach, the infield coach, the hitting coaches. You take every win and, and loss, and the losses hurt. They hurt. Um, it's harder to let them go. But um, you know, looking back on our season. Uh, the wins and losses obviously aren't, you know, comfortable. Uh, we expect to be better uh, this year, and we're going to build that culture again to prepare to win every game. And I think, you know, we saw in September a lot of growth from our young players, not just 
from success and performance, but from preparation, from you know their routines and the understanding of the amount of work it takes to to be the best major league player possible. You knew that the team wasn't going to win a ton of games, but yet it's just your nature to win, to grind. What It's like you knew going in what the situation was going to be, but it's just who you are. It's just like you're not going to accept that, and that's just something you're going to battle through. What's that like? I think you, know, you describe it really well. Like, yes, our level of expectation amongst Major League Baseball isn't that we're going to win very many games, but we were the only team in Major League Baseball to sweep the Houston Astros in the regular season. You know, we got swept in Anaheim our last before our last homestand. Anaheim comes in for our last three games. We could have shut it down. We could have folded it in. We swept them. So there's something to be said in that culture and that character building um, that starts from day one in spring training about the amount of work it's going to take to get to back to where we want to be. Well, David Force was here, started off our, our show yesterday. I want to say it was, God, one something. And he said, hey, listen, one of the deals is, is that we're out here trying to get better. And because I asked him, I said, how does this team here just put it? How does this team get better? How does this team get better in these three days? And he says, well, we've got contracts out to people. I know you can't talk about a player that was just signed, but yeah, you know, Sam Fold was just here, by the way. We're, we're like, hey, Sam, so you, you signed somebody. You can't talk about it, but you just signed somebody, you know. Yeah. It's just the nature of the business. But right. you signed somebody. There's contracts out there. You're looking to get better here at the winter meetings. Yeah, I mean, we look to get better every day, and I think that <clears throat> was a reflection of what we tried to accomplish this last season with the amount of players that we went through. Uh, it wasn't always necessarily a, a change in roster because of injury. You know, it's a, it's a change in roster because of performance or – um, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> we're doing everything we can on our end to improve the talent level, to improve our chances to win baseball games, and that will continue uh, when we leave here. Uh, just because the winter meetings end does not mean that uh, every day we don't put our minds together and, and um, you know, try to figure out uh, how to get better. You know, a lot of talk right now, which was kind of funny, you know, all this talk about Sean Murphy going in and people continue to talk about it. And David told us, he goes, I don't know where all these people are getting this kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, could he be moved at some point? Yes, but this whole hot to trot thing, we had the GM right here on the show going, yeah, that's not true. No, I think David's right. I think that, you know, Sean is a obviously a, he holds a position in the game that is very valuable. He's one of the best at it. So for us to you know, sit here and say Sean's not going to be an Oakland athletic, it, it better blow us away. That, to me, that's the bargaining chip, right? I think that's where it starts. And I think David you know, explained that yesterday in, in saying you know, what he did on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's about leverage and uh, not going to be shocked whatsoever if, if Murph is the catcher for you spring training and at least the first part of next season. You know, when you start to think about next year, what, what, what gets you excited? What, what, what gets you, what should get A's fans excited when you start to think about, you know, before you know it, we're going to be at spring training? We are, and baseball should get you excited, one. Um, two, 
the fact that we're just we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop competing. We're not going to stop going out and <clears throat> you know trying to get better on the field and off the field. And I think for our young core group, there's some excitement around these kids, and there's more to come. There's more to come with a kid like Lawrence Butler, Denzel Clark. Um, you, know, you go down the list, Zach Geloff, some young arms, Mason Miller, who did really well in the fall league. And, uh, you know, there should be some buzz around, around that talent level. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that we learned from you about how you're making sure that you're staying connected to everybody in the minor leagues. I think a lot of times you never hear from the higher-ups, you never hear from the big league manager, you never hear from these people, but you think it's important that all these young players and even the coaches down there, that everybody hears from you and they hear the message. Yeah, I think it is important. I think the symmetry of, of, of the organization is important. I think what we do at the major league level uh, needs to be done at the minor league level and to stay connected with the staff, uh, to bring the you know the minor league coaches in, to give them opportunity to uh, experience the big leagues, to experience what we do on a daily basis so that they can go back and talk about it and implement it. And uh, from my standpoint, those players that are in the minor leagues are going to have impact at the major league level and to stay connected to them, to know that um, – to have them know that that I'm watching and that everything matters to, you know, to their career, uh, not just you know, the performance on the field, but what they do in the weight room, what they do nutritionally, how they carry themselves as teammates. It all goes into factoring, you know, how quickly they accelerate their path to the big leagues. Did that happen when you were with the Marlins, or is that something you wish would have happened? No, I think I the minor league guys in the Marlins always – um, you know, made us aware that you know, management's watching, and management actually came. They 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 came to games. They showed up. Um, you know, our um, coordinators were always in town evaluating us. So, and I think uh, you know, it, for us and our organization, we're doing the same. I think it's interesting when you play for an organization and you know you have a chance. Some organizations you feel like, ah, I'm blocked, I'm never going to get there. My best bet is to play well, get traded, get moved. There's something different, though. Like with Oakland, when you get drafted, like we're going to have the draft. Billy Owens is getting in the suit. I saw him down here by Starbucks. He's fired up. He's going to be there for the draft. <laughs> and I said – I can't get Billy Owens in the, in, the, uh, in the suite to talk baseball. He just hangs out in the lobby – and you know, but yes, he's, he's going to be working the he's, lobby. He's jumping in the in the suit, and he's going to represent the Oakland Athletics at this draft lottery. I say, is this going to be like the NBA draft? Remember the frozen envelope for Patrick Ewing? <laughs> <laughs> I said, are we going to have that going? But um, you know, that's the thing—you get drafted by the A's, or you get signed by the A's. However, that means it, you can be a first-round pick, you can be a free agent signing, you can be whatever. You know, when you sign here, you got a chance to get to the big leagues. I bet that means a lot to these kids. Well, it should. There should be added motivation, not that they're not already motivated to get to the big leagues. There's there's a little monetary reward when you get to the big leagues yeah. that, that guys chase <laughs> after, right? We've seen that here at the winter meetings. Trey Turner, um, Josh Bell, a couple guys that, that uh, you know, have agreed to terms to go to teams that uh, have paid them very well for their services, uh, and deservingly so, so – um, but, yeah, our organization, uh, we're not afraid to, to promote. We're not afraid to give guys opportunity. And, and um, 
you know, you saw that last year with uh, the amount of players that we, we utilized at our major league level. Thinking back when you were a player, could you just ever envision like an 11-year, a 10-year contract? No. I don't even know if I'd want – like I don't even know if I'd want to like – do I really want – I'd want the money – Right. But I don't know if I'd want to really think about me playing at like 42, 43. Oh, here's what it does for you, Tony. <clears throat> it provides a level of um, security and a foundation that you can lay in a city and really call it home, especially for a guy like Turner. No trade clause till you're 40. If you've got a family or you've started a family, you don't have to worry about what I went through with getting traded from – San Diego to Oakland, Oakland to Boston, Boston to – or Oakland to Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta to Boston, Boston yeah. to Chicago. Like, you just don't have to worry about, you know, packing up family and moving them out and moving them with you. Now, granted, I think that really helped my children um, in, in so many ways uh, from a life standpoint. Yeah. Right? So but, – but the big contracts, the 10-year contracts – give you that sense of security and, and ability to, to lay foundation. Did you always look at things as I want top dollar or did you look <laughs> at things? I want top dollar, but I may take a little less because I got a chance to win. I always felt like I took a little less and felt like I just wanted the security of a guaranteed contract. Um, probably mostly because of my back injuries um, and, and the instability there. But <clears throat> I didn't care about breaking the bank. I just cared about, you know, playing the game and with a good group of teammates and going out and trying to win, you know, win a championship. So uh, when I signed in San Diego, they always used to call it the San Diego discount. Well, the previous owner, um, John Moores, yeah. when he traded for me, uh, the agreement that I had to make was that I would sign a two-year deal for going my next two arbitration years right? Give those up <clears throat> because he had never taken a player to arbitration. He didn't want to do arbitration. So the only way the trade would have gotten done was if I agreed to it. So yeah, so right there, I said, oh yeah, I'll take a two-year deal. It's guaranteed money. Sign me up, you know? And I never went to free agency as a player. I always extended before I had the chance to put myself out there on, a, on an open market. Do you ever think back and go, I, I would have loved to have done that? <clears throat> yeah. I think there was a period when I was with the A's that I had a chance to opt out of my contract, but we were winning. So I didn't want to leave the A's um, and, and take that risk. So I'm not a big, huge risk taker, um, but looking back, maybe I benefit from that. Um, you know, we can talk about the other aspect of um, my career that I chose not to go down the path of, of PEDs, right? Like, I played with what God gave me and looked at a lot of, you know, peers that were performing and outperforming me. Um, <clears throat> you know, can't judge them because, you know, it was a time when everyone, a lot of guys were choosing that route. So A lot of guys. And, you know, it's something that really never gets talked about is – we started seeing it because we were at the same time in college baseball. We started seeing guys in college doing it. And I remember going, I mean, I got beer money. I got money to go out and have a good time. Right. And the stuff they were doing was very expensive. And I'm like, yeah, the health risks. Just, but that, that's something that was going on 
a lot earlier than people think. Yeah, I did filter into college. There's no no question about that. Um, you know, you look at guys that <clears throat> were were grinders in the minor leagues that that knew they they were just short from a talent level. That you're they're going to be told, hey, you know, go ahead and take this for six weeks and watch your performance go, you know, through the roof. And you're telling me they're not going to do that because it's your one path to possibly making it to the major leagues, like. I don't judge people for, for making that decision, for sure. Well, you had been hitting 500 in college then. <laughs> <laughs> Would you hit, like, 420 or something like that? Uh, 420 junior year, 421, I think, my sophomore year, and 385 my freshman year. Let's end on That's when I could really play, Tony. Uh, yeah, I, I saw it. I was got there. Dominated. I, I lived it. We did beat you on that Sunday down there at Fullerton, though, if I remember correctly, the year you won the national I don't remember title. that day. Um, <laughs> Let's end on this. What's one thing that you've thought about for this next year as a manager that you'd like to implement, change? What's just one thing you think about going into this next season? Well, we made some changes with the staff. Um, hey, your buddy Brad Osmus is gone. Yeah, Brad's, Brad's gone. He's going to choose a different path. Um, we promoted our third base coach, Darren Bush, who's been in this organization and who I've coached with for seven years to the bench. Um, you know, we moved Eric Martins over to third base. I was really impressed with Eric on the field at first this last season. Uh, his instincts over there were good. So we're going to move him to third. And, and uh, Mike Aldretti is going to go back out to first base. Um, you know, the experience that he has there and just, just you know, love to see him out there. It's um, Aldo, man. It's Aldo, yeah. right? So Marcus Jensen will come in out of the bullpen. <clears throat> and the reason for that move is, is to bring Marcus closer to the catchers. Um, so there's a line of communication going during the season. And uh, we hired a, a pitching coach, a young pitching coach, that's going to assist um, Emo this year. And I think it will help him out, um, you know, with, with the amount of work that's required for that pitching role. Uh, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to help him um, in a lot of ways. So Mike McCarthy will go down to the bullpen and be our assistant pitching coach. Um, so th that's one big change for us. And uh, – just in terms of the rule changes, that's another change. That's a whole change. different ball game, yeah. So, you know, we're going to have to hit that hard early in spring training. We're going to have some meetings with the guys just to really lay the foundation of, of the rules. Are you, worry, are, are you worry about any of the new rules? Are you happy about it? We're it's going to challenge the hitters, I think, in their routines. They're going to have to make adjustments, but that's life. That's life, you know. Um, the, the amount of picks to bases – uh, I think is going to have probably a, an impact in the running game. So how you strategize when you want to pick, when you want to use those picks. And you can pick a third time, but if he's safe, he automatically gets awarded the next base. So <laughs> there's some cat and mouse to that. Um, I don't think the bigger bases are going to really impact the game that much. Hopefully they're, they, they, they reduce injury, right, I, at I first base. I thought about this, though. Think of how many bang-bang plays we have. And umpires are so used to sound also when making calls. Yeah. But now the base is a little bit bigger. Everybody, Everybody's talking about the stolen base to second base. I'm thinking about the bang-bang plays at first base. Well, it doesn't shorten the distance, but I think depending on the, the material they use for the bags, and I haven't seen the new bags, we were told that early in, when they changed the bags in the minor leagues that they were soft. So what you're talking about with the sound wasn't there. I think they made that adjustment to, to be able to, to hear the bag when the runner hits it. So, um, But, hey, that's what replay's for, right? 
Oh, love replay. And uh, pitchers, you got to get it and go. Yeah, you got to get, get it and go. go. <clears throat> and, and there's some some talk, I think, that this year pitchers are going to actually be able to, to wear a wristband and call pitches. So that's different. Um, like, a I don't quarter, know I, like a quarterback? Yeah, I don't know if I love that, you know. <laughs> but um, we'll see how that goes. Next so. thing you know, like – you're gonna have one on your wrist, the pitcher, the catcher. Everybody's gonna, everybody's just gonna be pressing buttons at each other. That's college baseball, isn't it? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Right. So, I mean, you know, and, and the, the the biggest you're gonna see a bases loaded, three two count, box or or ball four with nothing happen, right? I think you're gonna see that this year, and it's gonna it's gonna be painful. It's gonna be fun to watch right? though. It's a train wreck. <laughs> it's a train wreck. Yeah. Well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas Thanks, to buddy. you and your family. Yep. Enjoy. And uh, before you know it, we'll uh, see you down in Arizona. Hey, you got a living legend behind me, right? You got Tito coming on this next? Is Tito next? Tito's yeah. next. We yeah. had Dave Stewart coming on? You know, one of the things about Tito, Tito wasn't on the ballot for manager of the year this year. And I wrote his name in. Like, there was a write-in down at the bottom. And nothing against the three guys that were on the ballot that we get as managers yeah. to vote. But Tito wasn't on there, and, and I texted him. I said, I don't know what happened, and, but I wrote your name in and uh, for all the, all the right reasons. I mean, he did an amazing job with that ball club this year, and I love Tito. And I think, I think he may have the most managers that he coached as players in the big leagues right now. Absolutely, I know he does probably. Boach coached Nev and I. Tito coached Alex Cora, myself. Kevin Cash, I'm probably going to miss somebody. Um, he may have coached Nev, but, I mean, he, he's he got a lot of guys. Kepler? Managers. Was Gabe in Boston? Ooh, he might he... have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, ask him about that. And just not just not managers, coaches. Oh, yeah. A long he, lineage of so coaches. So, he's, he's got, like, the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Right? It would be interesting to see how it lays out. Well. Thanks, Tony. Thanks great stuff. Me, we'll yeah. talk to you soon. All right, buddy. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.